Welcome to the Mastering Fulfillment Podcast, where we focus on bridging your success with fulfillment in your personal, business, and spiritual life. And now your hosts, Scott Berry and Joshua Wenner. Hello, welcome back to part two. And I wanted to jump in about this whole idea of you fire dancing and finding other outlets that express your passions. And, you know, I'm of the the firm believer that we're on this earth to not only help our fellow brethren, even if it's just our kids or our immediate family, or if it's on a, on a much, much, much larger scale, like Mother Teresa or whoever it may be. But we are here to exert our passions in our absolute fullest form, right? You take someone uh, like LeBron James or Kobe, Kobe Bryant, where they are amazing at basketball and their gift to the world. And, you know, one of the main reasons why they're here on this earth is to play basketball. It's not to feed the homeless and it's not to, you know, do these other things. Although, you know, some of these stars may do these other things that we are really here to express our passions in a really, really deep way. And I, and I don't believe that any of us have one specific passion. You know, they always say, you know, just let your vocation be your vacation and, you know, just chase your passion. And I, I, I believe that's true to an extent, but I believe that sometimes we get so caught up that it's got to be one thing. And this one big thing is like our end all be all. And I really think where fulfillment comes in is when we start to really tap into these other things that we really, really love. And I, I think that, you know, look, even if you're in a job to where it's, it's maybe not your highest expression, but you enjoy it and it you know it pays the bills and um, you do have some enjoyment from it. I've noticed that you can have an extremely fulfilled life as long as you have these other areas that you're very passionate about being expressed, right? And so, you know, for me, you know, I, um, I DJ and, you know, I've DJed pretty much every year that I've been on the playa and that's just such a, a beautiful gift that I love giving to my my fellow brother but just my experiences in going to burning man i've picked up so many things like i've learned to sew and make my own clothes and i got really into costumes and, and you know um you know creating my clothes with leather and, and and all this stuff and i learned how to sew so that was really fun i learned how to fire dance and and, and use a staff and 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 do that and um you know, so in my photography even jumped up even farther just from being so inspired by the art at the playa that I think that's another, it, it's another way that the Burning Man experience allows you to tap into higher levels of fulfillment. And it's, it's this, this, uh, acceptance for you to, um, you know, tap into these other things that you really love. And, and I know, you know, when I first met you that you had been a, an awesome fire dancer for, for quite a while. And I, I've seen sometimes that it kind of goes in stages. And then when you actually kind of get into it, like you, you completely light up. So it's nice to, it's nice to see that you kind of re, you know, you refound it again this year and the, uh, the level of impact that it had on you. Cause it sounded like it has, uh, it, it, <laughs> not to use the pun, but it kind of lit you up in a way that, um, allowed you to get back into your body and, and, and get back into your heart. Totally. I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's, what's beautiful about it is it, it really opened me up, um, from a, 
And I think a lot of it's movement. You know, again, when I'm playing with fire tools, I'm not in my head. I'm purely in the body playing. I'm dancing. I'm moving. I mean, I even looked at taking salsa classes or bachata classes, just stuff to be in the body. I think a big part of also childlike play is having fun and dancing. I mean, I haven't danced in years, really. I just didn't feel inspired. I didn't feel the music. And I danced almost the whole burn this year and had so much fun. And so I think that's a big part also is just play and dance and movement. You know, the body, I think, wants to play and move. (laughs) To me, it's almost like the feminine, working more of the feminine, which is play, movement, creativity. I think for me, I was stifled by creativity. And, um, and I think, you know, the movement actually gets me into the feminine, which is creativity. Um, and so I feel like doing a practice multiple times a week where I'm moving and not just the gym. I do love the gym, but it's a, it's still a little bit more of a masculine experience to me. And I feel like when I'm playing with fire tools, I'm not just standing there playing. I'm actually moving and my style is like very movement orientated. So I'm like walking and dancing and jumping and flipping and moving and I just get lost in it. And so. Uh, to me, it was like, man, this is super fun. And then it becomes a fun tool to like entertain and explore and play uh, with others to add value. I think I did. I've done a lot of like weddings and just fun things of close friends when I was performing all the time. It just was fun, you know? So, um, but I think as you're not doing it a lot, then I don't feel as comfortable just to jump out and do it because it doesn't feel as professional. It feels like a person just pulling out their toys and playing. But when I would, um, do it a lot, I could actually create like choreographic performance, or at least for me with it, it's an opening and a close, which feels more performance orientated and the rest is kind of flow. But yeah, so that's, that's my big takeaway is like play fire, whatever it is, but something that I have blocked time to go play and I can't, I have to shut down my laptop or, or the TV. (laughs) So to me, that's where it's like, okay, well there's dance and movement. And and I also want to be connected with people. I don't want to be all isolated. So to me, uh, I think dance, movement, uh, fire stuff, where I'm playing fire with other people, all that stuff feels very open um, and very connected. And you know what's interesting is everything that you just talked about or or even everything that we just talked about are all items that that help you stay in the present moment and, and to keep you present. So there's this interest there's this interesting uh, relationship with getting to the childlike state and expressing all these um, passionate outlets. You know, when you're doing all of these things and connecting with people, like you're very present in the moment. And I think that's uh, that's kind of a core theme here is, you know, how do we bring in all these other modalities that we enjoy to help us keep us in the present moment? You know, is it is it, is it these items that help keep us present or is it being present in the moment that... Um, you know, that allows us to tap into these things that we love. And I, you know, I think it's definitely a a symbiotic relationship between the both of them. And I think that's, what's so beautiful um, about the play is it's just a nucleus. That's just more conducive for doing that. Like you're just more, it just feels like more of a natural tendency, you know, when you're um, when you're at Burning Man and when you're on the playa, you know, the, the other thing that I've noticed on the playa is that uh, you know, with it, you know, just ending and there's this reintegration piece that the one thing that I do notice, especially when it comes to relationships or anything that you're working on, that uh, even though you're present, the energy is very rapid. And what I mean by that is I have seen um, in my own life and, um, you know, in a lot of uh, people that I've met and encountered that if people are dealing with stuff like internal stuff, stuff with their family, uh, especially stuff in an intimate capacity that it seems to accelerate it 
right? So, you know, um, couples that maybe just started dating, they'll go to the playa and all of a sudden they'll just really see each other in a new profound light. And all of a sudden, before they got to Burning Man, you know, their relationship was at one level. And when they got to the end of Burning Man, like it had accelerated so much. And then on the flip side, anything that your heart, I feel like is cosmically calling, um, if, if you've been in a relationship for a while, or there's been something stagnant that you guys haven't addressed in the relationship, because this is something that needs to be spotlighted before you can reach these higher levels of um, actualization in the relationship, these higher levels of fulfillment in the relationship, you know, whether it's trust or, um, you know, w- whether it's expressing your needs and, you know, feeling heard, whatever it happens to be, that that will come up and out super fast. And so um, it's not always a very pleasant experience when that does come up because I feel that the, the, the energy of the playa wants us to ultimately get to this humanistic connected state of, um, you know, connected to your higher self, connected to other people, just this higher connection to your higher fulfillment. And it's going to bring up the items to help you get there. And a lot of times those items are the uncomfortable things that you have to let go of, that you have to address, that you have to talk to with your mate. So, you know, what I've noticed is that there, there seems to be a lot of times, especially with in, in intimate capacities. And, and I mean, intimate just means close. It doesn't necessarily have to mean sexual in a romantic sense, but people that are, you know, the relationships that you have the closest in your life that, that hold the most charge in your life uh, tend to go through a little bit of a, um, a metamorphosis, if you will, um, and it, 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 send, it, it tends to, to, to escalate rapidly. I mean, I can't even tell you how many of my friends have actually left the playa halfway because the relationship they were in was just so fucking intense. They were just like, we just got into it and it was just way too much and we had to leave and we had to like deal with it. And, you know, the playa was um, the place that brought it up. And if you look at it sometimes from an external perspective, you're like, whoa, that sounds intense. You know, the playa just brought up all these nasty energies. But if you look on, on a much bigger perspective, it's it's those things that needed to come up in order to you, for you to um, get over it to ultimately get the type of relationship that you wanted. And unfortunately, sometimes that means parting ways. And so, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but uh, you know the the integration piece to this is I can't tell you how many times that I've left the playa and um, have either started a new company or I've you know again I've taken up fire dancing or I've taken up a new skill or I have radically shifted my relationship. I mean I've I've kind of made the mental decision that I was like it's time to move on from a relationship and then you know, the, the humans that we are, it, 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 <laughs> those relationships don't necessarily stop a week after you get back, but it, it, it takes months of, you know, uncomfortable going back and forth. But the whole point of that is there's a, there's a tendency to shift um, big life decisions in, in a pretty profound way because you get shaken up. Um, I can't tell you how many, um, you know, relationships get solidified, how many relationships get broken up, how many people end up leaving jobs, um, you know, how many people um, just dramatically change their, their way of life because what ends up happening is they end up looking at a, at a grander scale of their life and they're like, 
is what I'm doing, is this actually fulfilling for me? And am I actually doing it because this is what my heart wants? This is what my heart desire desires? Or is this because this is my conditioning? This is what I thought I wanted. I thought I wanted to be married by this time. I thought I wanted to be to have this kid. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer all this time. And then you realize it's like, fuck, these weren't even my ideals. These are ideals that were instilled to me by my father, by my mother, by society at large. And it's like, maybe I did at one point really like what's in my life right now, but I'm realizing, oh, I need a shift because this, this really isn't satisfying for me. And um, life is just way too short not to uh, expose myself and dance with the things that, 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 that really fill me up. And so, um, you know, I'll kick it over to you, Josh, but just, you know, um, love to get your perspective on just, you know, that whole dance, you know, that we do about, um, you know, what comes up for us at the playa and then the integration afterwards, because it just, for a lot of people, it stirs up so much stuff, you know, and, and a lot of people just think it's, it's ugly and it's, 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 it's too much. But I think ultimately it's because our higher heart is really, you know, propelling us to, to get to someplace better, deeper, and, and more heart aligned. I, I agree. And I feel like, you know, part of the ply you mentioned, a bunch of stuff comes up from people. I've had a number of friends that go through some really challenging experiences out there. Uh, same thing that I've been working with or coaching and just even just friends reaching out that I'm like, hey, I'm here for you. And uh, one of the, uh, I'm just thinking of a couple where a lot of times, literally somebody will go out there with a the partner and they leave, <laughs> you know, or they leave them while they're there. Or, you know, there's all this kind of stuff that happens. And a lot of times that can be really frustrating and really challenging while you're out there um, to go through that experience. So, uh, but again, my thing is what I've learned from, and I know we've gone so many years is what is the energy showing me? If I'm co-creating this, why did I create this? What's the lesson? What am I learning from? What, you know, what do I need to learn from, from that? And, you know, I'm thinking of one example where somebody came and had a lot of drama and ended up leaving this person that he, that he came with. And to me, it was like, what's the, what's the lesson there? You know? And he's like, ah, I feel like I was swooping in and she was wounded and I was trying to help somebody wounded. And so it was the victim villain hero triad, right? He, he came in and, uh, tried to help and uh, a vi- somebody that was going through a tough time and tried to be the savior, you know, and then now he's at the burn and all of a sudden, you know, he's the villain and somebody else is a savior. And it's just like, you know, you, we tend to recreate patterns and learn the patterns and everything's so much dense energy out there that it really gives us, at least for me, it gives you a clear perspective on what's happening and what we're attached to, what we're resisting, all that stuff. And to me, the, what it, what it really teaches is a non-attachment, how can I look at things and kind of let things come and let things go? Kind of like breath, like, whoops, that was loud. Like breathe in, breathe out. Like, okay, it's a little heavy. Now it's a little light. Now it's a little heavy. Now it's a little light and just be non-attached. Like I, you know, my bike got stolen this year and, you know, in the past I would have been freaking out and I would have rode all around. It was a thousand dollar electric bike with a lot of my gear in it and uh, just a lot of stuff in this basket. I'd souped it all up and stuff in a basket and I would have really been having a hard time. And it's so convenient out there when you have an electric bike, cause you just motor around and I put an extra seat so I could bring friends around and um, you know, and I had a backpack full of a bunch of gear. And so it was just a, uh, I had a water, I, you know, I just had a lot of stuff dialed in jacket, clo- you know, a bunch of stuff. So it was like practicing that non-attachment how quickly can i move on and 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 for me what was helpful is finding the lesson making meaning of it what's you know and um 
you know, finding a lesson to turn it into something powerful, useful, helpful that, that, that it, it's almost like, okay, this was a useful lesson, you know? And, um, uh, the beautiful thing is I got back from like a three block hike when my bike was gone and, and somebody's like, Oh, I brought an extra bike. Here you go. <laughs> so I thought I was going to be out the whole rest of the week without any bike. And I had a regular bike. It was, it was like a little kid's bike, but it was so helpful <laughs> just being grateful. I had a bike That's and awesome. it showed up so quick. It was like, Oh, this is great. And, um, and it, and it was the humility that I went through, but it, I, I found that I made up the reason, the meaning to mean, where do I set things down for just a moment and I'm, and I'm procrastinate or where do I set things down and I'm a little bit lazy and I don't complete things right away. Sometimes I have that pattern where I'll, I'll be a little overwhelmed and I'll start on something. I'm like, ah, it feels heavy right now. I'm kind of tired. I'll, I'll do this. And then I get back to it and it gets delayed today or it doesn't get done or, you know, for a while or whatever, whatever that energy is. I've done that a lot of my own retreats. I've been really like, I'll do it later energy. And so to me, that was the lesson is like, Am I willing to pay a thousand for the bike plus what a couple thousand for whatever else I had on it? So is it, am I willing to pay this money for a lesson? How do I find a lesson big enough where the money, uh, helps me validate it so I can feel complete and move on and be present, uh, instead of like ruining my experience in the past, I may have let it ruin a part of my experience and been like down and frustrated a lot of it instead by me, but I didn't, I didn't just do it right off the bat. I allowed myself to go through the pain and feel upset and be angry. And, um, a lot of those motions through that first day. And then by the evening I made up a meeting that and felt empowering and the rest of the burn, I was at peace and I had fun and I was able to have a great time and, and feel value from the lesson and wasn't obsessed with finding the bike and still had, I mean, that was before the whole day that I have that emo- amazing day and my ceremony is the next day. So to me, that's the lesson is how can I practice that in life when I'm really attached to a relationship and then she leaves or it doesn't work out or, you know, um, somebody dies or a dream doesn't be fulfilled or I get rejected. I approach somebody I'm interested in and get rejected or uh, somebody leaves me or whatever that energy is. How do I, how, how gracefully can I feel that emotion and be with that emotion? And then can I also allow it to leave, you know, and be at peace with that? And I, I feel like that's, that's the practice out there and learning to do it. And also the presence, those two things are like the really main lessons and and the presence is the moment, which is childlike play. I think that's it. It's like, if you're present, you can play now. Like why wait now is now Mm -hmm. only now is now. So now's the moment we live. Now's the moment we play by me focusing on the bike. I'm already, it's already gone. It's already passed. It's gone. And that's the thing. I mean, you could have let your, you could have just lost the bike and, you know, of course you can allow yourself to feel because, you know, even 10 minutes later, you're in the moment you're feeling the pain, but you know, after you kind of, you know, start to move through that a little bit, like an hour later, if all of a sudden you're in talks with somebody, you're like, Oh no, I'm not even thinking about the bike right now. How do I just allow myself just to be present right now? But it, but again, it would have been really easy to say, Oh yeah, I, I forgot. I just lost my bike, and oh yeah, shit, that was in there. And oh yeah, that was in there as well. And again, I even ran into somebody out there that was still upset about a jacket that had got stolen a couple years prior. Just before that, it came up. I was like, I was like, I just lost my bike, and I was like, oh my bike. And then it came up like, oh, I'm still mad about a jacket. How could somebody? And they were, I could just feel the energy that they were still upset over a really nice jacket that was stolen. And uh, again, I think that's what I'm learning is, again, I'm the one that's left with the energy. Do I want to take that with me or do I want to leave it in the, leave it there? And, um, you know, and I find finding empowerment. So to me, that would have been an example of practicing feeling and then also using, for example, the work of Tony or NLP is to find an empowering meaning for this experience. So to me, the mindset stuff is still very valuable. I'm finding just the discernment of when to use it, you know, and the, the key I'm finding is 
don't skip over the feeling. So some people I think are maybe kind of live all the time in, in the oh, poor me energy. I, I live too much and not at all. I uh, don't feel it at all. And, and I would just skip right to it. And I even had a buddy out there, super resilient, probably one of the most amazing humans I've, I've, I know. I mean, he's just so resilient. He, he worked so hard. He would constantly raise my standard to work harder. Like he was such a workhorse and just kept going. And, um, he had had a very lucrative job where he built like a, you know, a $4 million company within a, uh, 18 month period. And then essentially got cut out and, um, and then jumped right into the next thing. And I was asking questions and he was like, yep, right on the next, let's not like, it's already over. Let's move on. But I, I got the pattern because it's a pattern that I used to have is he didn't, he wouldn't, he was so positive focused. He'd use so many of these tools that he wouldn't allow himself to feel the pain of it not working. He wouldn't allow himself mm. to feel the pain of two years of building a company for a guy making, you know, multi six figures when that guy's making 4 million. Uh, I think it was like 400,000 passive income or something crazy a month, or maybe, maybe three something, but it equaled 4 million a year. And how frustrating is that? How, you know, how upsetting is that? And, and if you don't experience a pain from a mistake you do, you make the same mistake. So because he wasn't feeling the pain, he just kept repeating the pattern. And that's what I did for a number of years. I would skip so quickly into resiliency that I wouldn't feel the pain from the decisions I made because I would be like, Oh, resiliency is quick moving into this. So, so do you think that was his, do you think that was his like uh, safety mechanism or his protection totally. because it was almost too painful to think about the contrast, even though he was doing well for himself, the thought of like, well, fuck, you know, I almost feel like I'm getting taken advantage of, or I should be making more. That's so painful. So I'm just going to like, not deal with it or not look at it or push it down. Totally. I feel like that's the energy of uh, what I did too. I, I, you know, it's the energy of growing up in sports and you strike out and you move on and you learn to be resilient through work ethic and hard work and I'll rebuild. And you know what? Don't, don't sit on this. Don't, don't sit in the muck, if you will, just move on. And, and if you're able to do it really well, you can literally get it. So you don't even feel at all. You literally just move right onto the next thing and you start building and pretty soon you build again. And, you find how to be really resourceful that way and resilient that way. But what I will say is without feeling the pain, I was really doing a detriment to myself and my body. Right. And right. I would repeat patterns much more easier because I wasn't allowing myself to feel the pain of them. So to me, that's if you're an achiever and you work your ass off and you are very resilient and you've learned to just not miss a beat when something doesn't work and onto the next, I'd say the work you need is really to practice feeling when things don't work and allowing yourself to be present with that pain and that sadness and that anger or that depression or that. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't even say depression is a bad word. I feel like depression is misdiagnosed grief. Most of my, in my perspective where we're sad or we're upset for a period of time and we think there's something wrong with it. So we label it as depression or a doctor labors it as depression misappropriated in my personal viewpoint. Uh, I think there's definitely depression from some people, but I feel like a lot of it is, is grief that we're just sad and it takes time to heal and we're making ourselves wrong for it. So, and then if you're somebody else, maybe on the flip where you let something bug you, like I, there was people that I saw that would have something happen and they would just let it ruin their whole burn and they would auger into the dirt and it would just turn into this thing. And, and unconsciously their way of getting connection was through their pain, was through their problem. So, you know, if you're one of those people, I would just suggest to look at it like it's now about you. It's really about you. It's not about what's happening to the person. It's all about, it becomes about you. And that's where you can't get out of it is when you're so focused on you, you can't see out of you. Um, so, you know, if you're a person that notices you're constantly running into trauma and it's always kind of what's going on with you or what somebody's doing or not doing to you, my suggestion was to be, get out there, be resilient by helping other people. Like externally, don't make it about you. 
you know, how can you get out and support or help others or not, not get into the sad story about you? Uh, you know, and if you're the other way, usually you're so about others that you never take the time to deal with you. <laughs> so that's the, that's the component. Like I was so focused, like when I, when I'd even go through a, a challenge, like when my business partner ran off with my girlfriend and I was so upset, I went to go help a buddy that was a shaman that wanted to create a company. So I didn't, I, I literally said, Oh, I'm going to go help you build your business. So my way of taking a break from my pain was to help somebody else build a business. He just happened to look at me and say, dude, what the hell's going on? You're in pain. And I told him and he's like, Oh man, I need to work with you. But I didn't go up there to heal my pain. I went up there to help him uh, unconsciously because I'm so wired to, uh, I think that's how resilience is. You focus on other people and help other people and you don't have to really deal with your pain. So to me, that was my way of hiding. If I help other people and focus it on building everybody else, I can stay safe and people don't have to be seen. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, so I've learned a lot of like, okay, when something happens, I have to go and, and sit with that and be with that and be seen and deal with that and express to friends and family I'm in pain and, and it's okay. Um, and I think, again, the, the converse of somebody who makes it all about them, um, being able to go out and help people is how you get out of it, you know? So I think we find yeah. the other way out is what brings, there's all, there's no right or wrong. And they're there, the other people, the other sides are there to show us the way. So for those that are super resilient and externally focused, the, those that are more focused on them is how we get out and vice versa. Those that are a little bit more internal and, and um, focused on self, it's by helping others is how we do that. So I think we're here to yeah. help each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the one thing that I'll add before we, uh, before we jump off here is, you know, the, you mentioned how, uh, you know, for those of us who are almost like type A, very, very focused that we almost learn to, uh, push it down to buck up and, and just kind of move forward. And ultimately that, that does ourself a disservice by, by not allowing ourselves to, to feel into it because, it gets, it gets pushed down and ends up coming out through our, through our subconscious. Um, you know, I, I I'm going to broaden that a little bit to even say that it's not even just, uh, you know, people who are of that type of personality, but I would venture to say, and I, you know, I only say this because of deep, deep experience myself is that I would say the vast majority of American bred uh, men, you know, and I'm, I'm mostly saying American bread just because that's my upbringing, um, you know, growing up in California is, you know, there's this mentality that we get from our fathers of, um, yeah, you fall down, you skin your knee, you buck up, you know, you push it down, you know, um, for a lot of families, uh, emotions just, there's, there's not a big place or room for you to sit with those feelings and to be okay with, um, the uncomfortableness, you know, and I, and I do agree with you that there's, um, there's a little bit of a give and take, um, uh, you know, we, we can sit in it too long to where it just, you know, um, becomes to our detriment that it doesn't allow us to, to heal from it because we're, we're so saturated in it. But, um, I think more often than not as American men, um, that we have just not grown up enough, um, or we haven't grown up in the space to allow ourselves to just be in our body and to just feel what that is. Um, and I know for me that um, probably up until about 12 years ago, that is how I ran my relationships, my business life, everything else, everything else. And, um, you know, the last 12 years has is, is, is been working on that to allow myself to actually feel. And it still comes up, you know. 20 something years, 30 something years of that kind of conditioning 
takes a while, you know, and it takes some dedication to, to be able to, to sit through it. But, you know, the one thing that I really liked what you said was, you know, you know, part of what the, the playa provides is it allows you this opportunity to, to sit with this and to be okay with all of these things that, that come up because at the end of the day, like this is the work. And I feel like this is one of the, the biggest uh, components to personal fulfillment and to ultimately freedom is this sense of the sense that you're that you're gonna persevere and that you're gonna be okay no matter what and going through these motions that you just talked about earlier josh of you know being able to sit with them to um, almost in essence say thank you for the experience even when it's tough you know thank you for um, you know, the sickness or the breakup or, you know, even getting your bike stolen to allow yourself, because I think what that does is it allows your yourself and your subconscious to be open enough to the possibility of receiving the gift, receiving the healing. Because every time something like that comes in, any type of significant emotional event comes into your life or, you know, say when your bike got stolen, you you have an option. You know, the option is to like sit feel the pain, feel the uncomfortableness of it, and then say, okay, um, you know, is there a gift here? I, I don't have to get it right now. But the minute you start judging yourself harshly for it, judging the situation and making it wrong and just saying like, okay, it's a neutral event. It sucks. I wish it didn't happen. But, you know, I'm open for the gift, you know, I'm open for the teaching of it. And I know that sounds very woo-woo and it sounds very cheesy, but I do believe that anytime there's something significant or something comes into our, our field that way, that it's an opportunity for us to, you know, look, either learn a little bit more patience or learn non-attachment or whatever it happens to be or for forgiveness, that that type of work that we do on ourselves and that type of, um, you know, uh, I guess muscle that we can build is going to serve us so well because at, at the end of the day, our life is going to, is, is literally going to be a series of, uh, you know, connections and passions and, you know, uh, experiences and relationships that we have with our loved ones. But it's also going to be how we deal with, um, you know, life speed bumps because, Look, life is a continuous, beautiful tapestry of highs and lows. You know, the law of gestation, seasons come, seasons go. And so if we can learn to not get completely knocked down when life hits us with a curveball and we fall down and we can learn to move through it with love and yeah, it hurts and yeah, it stings and it will always sting, but the amount of the sting and the amount of the hurt will dramatically be a lot less. Now, look, you may lose your wife or your child. I mean, heaven forbid, I'm using a very extreme example here. And yeah, it's going to sting and it will probably sting the rest of your life. Um, and you may not fully get over it, but there's a way to also integrate the love and the um, the healing that that could provide and the the, the gifts that could provide even in the, the, the most, you know, the harshest circumstances. And so I feel like this is one of the most freeing things that, that you can do. And, and I think this is, it's, it's always a work in progress is to allow yourself to um, be with the hurt and allow yourself to 
um, say thank you for some of the hardest things that come into our life because it's from that point that really allows the the healing and the acceptance and the forgiveness to really kind of come into play. I love that, brother. I really love that. Yeah, I think that to me that sums it up. <laughs> yeah. I really love that. I, I have nothing to say. I think that's really beautiful and I totally agree with that. Yeah. And so just to to wrap it up with with Bernie Man, I mean it's like that's you know, that that's an amazing place that really celebra- uh, accelerates um that type of energy and, and allows you to, to, to practice some, like a lot of those things. And look, at the end of the day, it's, it's what, it's what me and Josh are, are so just radically passionate about. It's why we do this. Um, you know, we, we put a lot of blood, sweat and energy into these podcasts and, you know, it, 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 it takes a little bit of our time, but, um, for us to be able to have these conversations and to bring this into our own lives and to bring this into our practice. It's, it's, we're so passionate about sharing our personal experience about it that we know that without a shadow of a doubt, that if people can bring in their own interpretation of it, that this is the magic. And really this is what um, helps catapult and, and sets people free. And it's why Josh is so, um, passionate about bringing this to to men right now, and you know, if you're a man out there, I mean, this is an amazing opportunity for you to feel safe to be able to do that. Um, but any way that you can bring your environment in a way that 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 is safe enough and conducive enough to let you start to build into that, and you know, for me, because I do so much work in relationships, that it's it's critical that not only do you start to invite that a little bit more but that you have a dialogue and that you create a space with your significant other that you guys can do that as a partnership as well because it's one of the biggest determinants of your success and your fulfillment in that marriage in that partnership is how you guys see eye to eye when you go through those life speed bumps so um so i just um i think we'll kind of uh cap it off from there. But, uh, you know, again, it's interesting how, even though we're talking about Burning Man and even though we talk about all these little things, they all start to kind of culminate and, um, kind of feed on each other, uh, when it comes to, to one's fulfillment. So, um, thank you guys all for, for listening. Um, you know, again, me and Josh always appreciate so much being able to share our, uh, to share our uh, message and, and love with you. And, um, you know, we have such a, such a great time uh, doing that. So thank you again for, for listening. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed sharing, sharing some of these highlights. And again, if you're, if you haven't been to Burning Man and this is all kind of new to you, uh, hopefully you can still take the same principles uh, that we take when we've gone and ground those into your life. And if you have gone and didn't have a similar experience, maybe this just gives you another perspective to help ground that mm-hmm. in. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you. And, and and thank you so much for 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 sharing your experience. Um, you know, I've been seven times. I think Josh has been uh, 72, if I'm not mistaken. So <laughs> it's been quite a while. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, much love to everyone out there. And we will see you guys in the next episode. enjoyed this show we would be so grateful if you left a review on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts this helps us out immensely 
Thank you so much. Are you ready to take your personal, relational or business fulfillment to the next level? With one-on-one -on -one personal support, co-developed strategies and accountability, Scott and Joshua have the tools, compassion and years of experience helping people just like you live an extraordinary life. Visit MasteringFulfillment.com for details.